millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking particularly about the Berlin Crisis of 1961, um, a historical process, really, that was ongoing uh, since 1948 um, and the Berlin uh, airlift, um, and particularly since um, the closure of the border between East and West Germany in the mid-1950s. Before I do that... I'm going to make a quick appeal to ask for your help. Um, I'm hoping to expand what we do at Explaining History to include more video, to include more interviews with historians, to really take Explaining History to the next level. We've got 33,000 subscribers at the moment. It's been um, a success far beyond anything that I thought was possible. And now we want to build on that momentum and really um, enhance what we're doing here. So I've put out a crowdfunder appeal um, to build a little studio for explaining history. Um, the target I've set is £2,000, and um, if everybody who's subscribed to this podcast submitted a pound or a dollar, as you, as you can probably imagine, we'd absolutely smash that target. So if you can afford to give anything at all, I'd be immensely grateful, and it means I can keep doing what I do free of charge, and we don't have to go and find advertisers, which is the real point of all of this. Um, so there'll be a link under this podcast. Anything you can give, I'd be hugely grateful, and there are some exciting, well, I say exciting, uh, exciting from the point of view of someone that's interested in lots of history giveaways, um, and so so check those out. Anyway, back to the point. The um, First crisis over Berlin, the Berlin airlift, was precipitated by um, the Allies forming together their zones, creating a new currency and developing the, the, kind of the embryo of uh, a West German state. Stalin responded by um, cutting off the road and rail uh, links and canal links to Berlin, trying to shut out um, the West, force the Western Allies out of West Berlin and to starve the, the West Berlins into submission, thus creating a, a, a fully Sovietized um, West Berlin. There had always been <clears throat> discussion on the table 
um, since the Potsdam Conference of um, all powers eventually leaving Berlin, merging the zones together and creating a, um, a unified city. The way the Soviets chose to interpret that conversation was that the Western Allies would leave Berlin eventually to them. Um, and that's really not what was agreed. However, that is um, how it was constantly, constantly seen by the Soviets, who put uh, continuing pressure on the West, uh, on the um, French, British, and Americans to leave, in order to give them that half of the city. Why was it so important? Well, Tony Judd makes the point that Berlin to Stalin wasn't that important, really. Um, it was useful leverage. Um, over the uh, wider issue of, of Germany. Um, he was more concerned with a uh, remilitarized Germany um, that posed a threat to the Soviet Union. Later on, following Stalin's death um, and the uh, arrival of Khrushchev as Soviet leader, by the mid-1950s, it's not that West Germany presents a militarized threat, though it is it has uh, begun to rearm, it presents a kind of a more existential challenge to Soviet communism and to the Stalinism that has been very um, eagerly absorbed by um, uh, Walter Ulbricht's uh, East German um, government, um, in that West Germany is undergoing an economic miracle. Well, the economic miracle that is often, often described described as miraculous because the the bombing of the war had done comparatively minimal wartime damage to uh, West Germany's um, infrastructure, her railway, her manufacturing uh, plants, her mines, and that sort of thing. The by, by quirk of geography, the Western Allies, when they um, advanced from France and through Belgium into Germany, and the, the Netherlands into Germany, they conquered the majority of the industrialised areas of Germany, places like the Ruhr and the Saar, and places uh, places um, where there were um, heavy concentrations of manufacturing. Much of what the um, Soviets had conquered in the East had been old Prussia, the um, largely agrarian landed estates of the old Prussian gentry. Little in the way of industrialization and a, a forced kind of state-led five-year plan Stalinist industrialization um, with you know terrifically bad environmental consequences um, occurs throughout the 1950s and 60s in East Germany and the way in which the um, central planning of this was uh, designed to work was to extract wealth and to extract um, value from East Germany um, at the uh, to to the benefit of the Soviet Union. That's a slightly different story. So the um, economic resurgence, the economic renaissance of um, uh, West Germany, results in the internal border in Germany between um, East and West being closed and. Uh, barbed wire fences being erected in 1953. Incidentally, the year of the first uh, uprising against communism in East Germany. Um, and by uh, 1955, the Soviets had transferred control of that border to the East Germans 
um, who policed it with, uh, with vigour, shall we say. When you look at the numbers, this kind of makes sense. Um, the, uh, between 1949 and 1961, 3.5 million East Germans crossed over to the West. That's 20% of the entire population of East Germany, which in East Germany is a much smaller geographical area to West Germany and a much smaller population. But a fifth of the population presents a kind of a real challenge to the continued existence of the state. Um, there is no country in the world that can continue functioning, losing uh, numbers at that rate. And it's not just that they were losing <coughs> doctors, scientists and people that could, um, you know, people who are at the forefront of developing the economy. Um, they were losing, you know, labourers. They were losing um, janitors, school teachers, um, restaurateurs, anybody at, at all structures of uh, all levels of um, uh, society. People were making the uh, choice to leave and cross over to the west. This provides um, communism with a real challenge. Um, the 1950s saw a, an attempt by the, um, the Soviet Union particularly, but also the Soviet Union satellites, to satisfy um, the kind of consumer needs that had been largely neglected previously by, by communist regimes. There had been this burst of um, consumer, uh, uh, kind of a consumer-orientated second five-year plan um, under under Stalin, but by and large, um, the uh, suspicion of and uh, prohibition of any kind of market mechanism uh, meant that there was a, was a, a very weak uh, means for satisfying consumer demand. And also, going back to Lenin and Stalin, there was this immense suspicion of consumerism. Consumerism was a, a kind of a, a, a false consciousness. It was a, a cruel bourgeois ploy in order to delude the workers away from more meaningful activities, such as the construction of socialism. The Soviet Union and East Germany, synonymous in the sort of the sixties, seventies, and eighties with you know queuing for goods. Very often they had um, more, they had plenty of stuff, but it was because the the decisions on allocating resources were state led. They had an enormous amount of the wrong kind of stuff: large warehouses full of shoes that people didn't want, large um, stores that, in theory, could have been full but which were empty. And this is really because um, the Soviet command model of the economy is based around production rather than consumption. Um, and the West is completely opposite, and there is a, a very quick and easy answer as to which one was, was more popular. And of course, in addition to material shortages, there was a flight from state repression. The, um, the last great Stalinists, really, are the, uh, the, the East German Stasi. They take um, their cue from the Russian state security services very seriously indeed and are enormously zealous with it, right really till the end of communism. So once the internal land border had been closed, the only porous point between East and West was Berlin. And this is partly because the checkpoints in Berlin, from East Berlin to West Berlin, are much harder to close because um, they are manned by all powers 
and there needs to be there's a kind of a diplomatic traffic that comes to and fro and the soviets don't want to give the impression that they are being too oppressive in berlin um as it really doesn't look very good so there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and zepbound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So the so Berlin remains uh, an open conduit. However, by the late 1950s, the East German authorities are aware that they are losing a great many of their best people through this conduit. And also, there there is an obsessive state security about uh, two-way traffic. Obviously, Berlin is you know at this point the world centre of espionage. And if you've ever read the Carré novel. A lot of the action happens um, in and around close to the Brandenburg Gate, crossing over of uh, of, of people um, from East and West and places like Checkpoint Charlie and that sort of thing. So the the paranoia um, of the um, East German authorities was also kind of a, a pivotal factor in wanting this conduit shut down. A decade after the Berlin airlift, um, Khrushchev began to speak vocally and vociferously about a, a time that the time had come really for the Western Allies to leave um, West Berlin. Um, the, the Western Allies would probably have had a, um, a very difficult job in uh, achieving um, something similar to the Berlin airlift once more and would perhaps have been um, reluctant to engage in that because Cold War tensions by 1958 are far higher than they were in 1948 and the chances of a, a hot war resulting over Berlin were, were greatly increased. Berlin's grown in population by this time as well. It's quite easy to feed a city in 1948 and 49 that had um, weathered the, the kind of the, the population loss that the Second World War had entailed. But a rebuilt, populous, thriving, uh, much more prosperous uh, West Berlin would have been beyond the ability of Britain and America to, to feed. 
So the Americans uh, respond by initiating a foreign ministers' conference at Geneva in 1959 to discuss the future of Berlin. The Americans are aware that um, Berlin is providing the Soviets with uh, a growing embarrassment. And as a result, Berlin is destabilising Cold War relations. Cold War relations, whilst, um, whilst hostile are at least stable. And this is kind of the, the principle on which the Cold War is, is based, you know, the, the uncomfortable certainties of mutual antagonism, but where both sides don't feel the need to act in any particular way. The, um, the danger uh, over Berlin is where the Soviets find themselves put in a position where they're going to have to do something about it, where it presents, as I said, an existential threat to the continuance of their regime. And we need to um, look at this in a kind of post-Stalinist um, context. The um, rationale behind um, Khrushchev's secret speech in 1956, uh, for example, was in part a play by Khrushchev to um, distance himself from Stalin, you know, to present Stalinism as bad and Leninism before it is inherently good, and Khrushchev as the... Um, returner of uh, Soviet communism back to something kind of like Leninism um, and to present obviously Leninism as inherently far more benign than it actually was. But it's also about trying to um, shape the debate on the future of communism anyway. Once one accepts that um, Stalinist repression can't work anymore and that um, in order to try to apply things like the uh, purges to the um, Soviet Union again would be um, by the 1950s um, practically um, uh, inconceivable. Um, then the argument is therefore, well, how do, how does one kind of whole mesh communism together? And one does it obviously um, through rising living standards. And the irony for the um, the Soviets, and this is a huge problem, is that. Uh, if that's the way you're going to go, then an example of far more effective improvements in living standards, i.e. liberal democracy, free markets and bourgeois capitalism uh, over the border in West Germany, uh, is a, a, real, um, a real problem. As far as the West and the Western allies were concerned, the issue of Berlin is not a, not a happy one. The idea that um, there is mass migration from east to west uh, might look in propaganda terms like a triumph, but the uh, military planners and politicians of Britain, uh, America and other leading NATO countries um, view this with immense concern. It's something you can't stop and it's something that is inevitably, inevitably going to draw the two sides closer and closer towards conflict. So the establishment of a Berlin Wall in 1961 is greeted by some uh, diplomats and mandarins and spooks and generals with no small amount of relief. Why? Because, as mentioned earlier, it, it represents this stabilisation, not a particularly nice stabilisation, one which tears families apart, but a stabilisation of um, a front line in the Cold War, um, ensuring that neither side has to act. Khrushchev had been used to dealing with Eisenhower on the issue of Berlin, but as the president elect presidential elections of 1960 drew closer, he started to accept that 
um, a new president might be uh, easier to uh, to deal with. There are two choices. There is the anti-communist Richard Nixon, who's been Eisenhower's vice president, or the new and less well-known John F. Kennedy, um, whom I think Khrushchev took for being a slightly easier touch. But John F. Kennedy was in no way less an anti-communist than Richard Nixon had been. Some of the Soviets rather hoped that Nixon would win. He, as um, an impassioned opponent of their regime, um, seemed to be the kind of guy they they felt they could actually deal with, whereas Kennedy was a a less um, well-known quantity. Um, When Kennedy wins, Khrushchev, um, as the older man, believes that he's able to really try to uh, dictate more to Kennedy to push him around and to um, really uh, see what the younger man is made of. Um, And I think he was quite surprised by the resolve of Kennedy. They meet in Vienna in 1961 as um, part of the uh, ongoing discussions over Berlin and over disarmament too. And Khrushchev, in his role um, as the his self-appointed role, really as the um, the, the dominant partner in the proceedings, uh, believing that he was there to tell Kennedy what's what, simply orders really uh, America to leave um, Berlin within six months, and Kennedy responds by um, calling up 150,000 U.S. reservists, really sending a, a coded, not very coded signal in point of fact, to the American public and to Khrushchev in general that he believed that war over Berlin was imminent. Um, The following year, obviously, and we'll talk about this in a later podcast, there is a a reprise of this uh, confrontation over Cuba with the stakes being infinitely higher. Khrushchev takes the hint when uh, Kennedy calls up his reservists and realises that a direct confrontation with the Americans is something that can't be afforded. There is a uh, a risk at this stage um, of nuclear war that he's not willing to entertain. The it makes the question of Cuba all the more interesting. Uh, but again, you know, we'll we'll do that another time. Um, why he is the following year in '62 willing to um, risk so much more. And so the uh, response is to start building the Berlin Wall. Uh, this is done um, by, uh, in, you know, this takes the Western Allies by surprise, as it does the population of Berlin in August 1961. It results in a standoff between Soviet and American tanks when uh, American diplomats aren't allowed back from west, uh, from the east to the west. Um, and the the first back channel between um, Kennedy and Khrushchev is established at this point. Traditionally, it's always seen that you know the the telephone line, uh, hotline between the White House and the Kremlin is installed after the Cuban Missile Crisis, which indeed it is. But there are um, dis, uh, back channels, uh, diplomatic back channels existing prior to that, and the Soviet and American tanks were both withdrawn uh, bit by bit. The uh, Soviets withdraw first and the Americans respond, going back, you know, it's about 20 yards at a time. So the there are tensions on the day. There are tensions um, surrounding the um, creation of the Berlin Wall. However, in general, the building of the Berlin Wall 
is something that stabilizes um, uh, tensions over Berlin. And it kind of spells the end of a period in the Cold War because tensions and conflict shift really from Berlin um, and from Europe in general after, after the erection of the Berlin Wall to Asia, which becomes the next great front, um, particularly uh, with the growing conflict in Vietnam um, of the Cold War. Anyway, I hope you found this useful. Thanks for listening. And if you can visit that link, I'd be much obliged. No pressure. And it'll help me to continue putting these podcasts out. And thanks for, thanks for joining in. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.